And I mean, when they USGA handed me a trophy on 17, they gave me the trophy. And like the first thought that crossed my mind was like, I can't believe the tournament's over. Uh, and that shows you that I was so invested in the tournament itself and the rounds that I didn't even realize it had come to an end. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the USGA Golf Journal podcast. Alongside my co-host, Mike Trosel, I'm Dave Giancola. Today, we're joined by 2021 U.S. Women's Amateur Champion and member of the victorious 2021 USA Curtis Cup team, Jensen Castle. We chat about her victorious summer in both events, the perks and exemptions that come with the U.S. Women's Amateur title, and what life has been like since that win. Without further ado, here's Jensen Castle. And just like that, 2021 U.S. Women's Amateur Champion Jensen Castle joins us. Jensen, it's Mike and Dave from the USGA. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Jensen, we're fantastic. You know, thanks so much for for taking the time. Now, thinking back for for this past summer, it's almost impossible to win a USGA championship under the most ideal of conditions and circumstances. But you were dealing with an injury that had impacted your preparation What were your expectations going into the week at Westchester Country Club? So actually, like you said, I had an injury this past summer and I wasn't allowed to touch a club for two and a half weeks. So I had to withdraw from two important events prior to the AM and the doctor didn't want me to play in the AM either. But I told her, I'm like, look, like I really want to play in the AM. Like I qualified through a qualifier. So like it makes sense. Like it's meant to be like if I if it wasn't meant to be, I wouldn't have qualified, you know. And so she and I came to the agreement that she'd let me play in it. I just couldn't touch a club until two days before the tournament. And I assured her that I'd only play nine holes for the practice round each day. And then I would be home Wednesday. And sure enough, you know, I go to the tournament expecting to be home by Wednesday just because I committed to work on Thursday and the doctor didn't really want me playing that long anyways. Um, So sure enough, I go to the tournament with no expectations and I was just taking it day by day and enjoying the moment and being thankful that I was still there when I was with no expectations. So it, it took me a long ways, that's for sure. Well, I hope you had an understanding boss who, uh, you know, you're supposed to be in there on Thursday, but I think it was at least another four or five days before you could start working. So a, a good problem to have there. But Jensen, as you continued to play well day after day, at what point did you really start to believe? At what point did you feel like you could win the championship? <laughs> um, it's never, it's not that I didn't think I could win. It's just that, you know, the chances are so low. There's 144 people in it in its match play. You know, it's anybody's game at that point. And I don't think the thought ever crossed my mind that I was going to win. Even in that final round, I don't think I ever thought about winning. And I think that's one of the reasons I played so well is because I was so emotionally like invested in the game. Like I wasn't thinking about what was happening next, what was happening after, how I was getting home or work or anything. I was literally more so just thinking of, oh, you know, this next shot that I was I had. And I mean when they USGA handed me the trophy on seventeen, they gave me the trophy and like the first thought that crossed my mind was like, I can't believe the tournament's over. Like, uh, and that shows you that I was so invested in the tournament itself and the rounds that I didn't even realize it had come to an end. 
I think that mindset probably helps you one shot at a time, because when you look at really your body of work now in that championship, you start with a seven over par 79 in the first round of stroke play. You survive a 12 for two playoff just to reach match play. So you're not going home on Wednesday. But then in the semifinals and the finals, you need to get through two of the greatest amateurs in in college golf in the country. Rachel Heck in the semifinals, where you rally from two down with three to play. And then Vivian Ho, you, you take down two and one in the 36 hole championship when you think back at exactly the obstacles you had to overcome and the opponents you have to overcome did you really grasp what you accomplished <laughs> yes a little bit um i didn't really know vivian ho at all and every tournament i normally play and i delete social media the week of so as you know you as the week progressed i had no idea anything about the girls playing i had no idea who she was or anything just because I, I didn't have social media. So I didn't see any of the, what the USGA was posting or any of my friends and family. So the only information I was receiving was what people were texting me or telling me. And a lot of the people I was around didn't like, after we left the golf course, we didn't really talk about golf. You know, we talked about a few shots here and there, but we weren't talking about other players or anything or who were playing the next day. So I'm sure that was also um, a pro that I just what didn't know. As it goes for Rachel Heck, I knew Rachel Heck. She and I were friends, and I was so excited that night before when I saw I was playing with Rachel Heck because I know the person she is, and I knew, like, obviously I was the underdog. You know, no one expected me to beat Rachel Heck. So I was went out there, and I talked to Rachel before the match, and I told her how excited I was for, for me to play with her um, just to show the kids and the world that, you know, it, it goes way beyond golf. Like it's about friendships and golf. And so she and I cut up and laughed the whole round. And our goal was to show everyone that, you know, golf's a fun game and all, but it's about the relationships and it's, it's not just like life or death basically. And she and I had a great match and, you know, like, like I said, match plays anybody's ball game. And change of events can happen within one hole or one shot. And that's what happened with that match. And whenever I walked off 18, like I had been down the whole round. So like, as soon as I played one, I was down. And as soon as we walked off 18, that was the first time we were ever even. So I already felt like I was up and I used that momentum of me feeling like I was already up and proceeded to birdie 19. And she unfortunately had a terrible lip out. And I mean, match plays anyone's game. Yeah, Jensen. And uh, just, yeah, I think that the friendship part, you could certainly see determined and gritty when you were over the ball and hitting the shots. But, you know, it was great to see you guys, you know, laughing and uh, and just the camaraderie as you were walking from shot to shot in that match. But overall, I think I'm doing the math right, but 158 holes overcoming the ribs. You had some blisters. There was the fatigue. You were sleeping on an air mattress earlier in the week. Um, didn't pack <laughs> enough clothes. Yeah, a lot of players would have kicked their feet up after such a grueling week and maybe taken a few days off. But tell us about the 48 hours after your win at Westchester. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Um, so we ended up coming back. I left probably the golf course around 8, 830. And we the family I was staying at that on the air mattress, um, we picked up some pizza and we just ate around eight sat around eight around eight some pizza and then we ended up going to bed so i we packed everything up took us forever to pack everything and i ended up not bringing the trophy with me because we drove we had a um bmw convertible 
<laughs> to drive home the next day. So there was no room for the trophy or anything else that we didn't bring up there. And we ended up going to bed. I ended up going to bed around 1230 by the time I packed everything up. And we ended up waking up at 3 a.m. and started driving the next day. And I had to stop in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, to get vaccinated for, for me to be able to do the Curtis Cup. So we stopped there and my appointment was there at eight o'clock. So we drove from Westchester. Well, we drove from Greenwich, Connecticut to um, Baltimore, Maryland, got vaccinated and then drove to Charleston, South Carolina. And actually I was driving um, the last three hours and I missed a turn or something. And we ended up going like 40 minutes out of the wrong direction. Like we were going down to Georgia. Oh, no. <laughs> and we just like we were both were just very invested in the conversation we were having and i wasn't paying attention no one had directions and we ended up going so we had literally had to turn around on the interstate and go the opposite direction. it was crazy so we ended up getting back to charleston around six o'clock seven o'clock maybe but for me i had work the next day in columbia which between charleston and columbia it's about two hours so i had to come down to charleston get my car, put everything in my car and then drive to Columbia. And I ended up getting to Columbia around 10 and finally getting settled, probably going to, going to bed around 11. And then I'd work the next morning at six, which I don't live near work. So I have to drive 40 minutes to work. So <laughs> it was pretty crazy. So finally I got to work the next morning really early. Um, luckily I didn't have any symptoms from the vaccine. I am a morning person. So I wasn't tired in the morning. And I was there and went to work for about six hours. And then I went to um, Asheville, North Carolina, because I'd planned a trip with my friends. <laughs> you know, I didn't think I'd make the cut at the AM. So I had a, thought I had a good day for the North Carolina trip. And it turns out it was just straight chaos. So. <laughs> Jensen, Crazy. what was that day at work like? I know the trophy didn't make it into the BMW convertible, but from what I've heard, I know the medal did. What was that day like? So for me, you know, I, I guess we had a tournament that day, actually. It was a um, pro tournament that we were hosting. And I went there, you know, with expectations of I was only going for work, you know, but everyone was so excited, ecstatic to see me, which was a really special feeling, um, especially from the club. I'm, they've always been very supportive of me, especially being able to balance my work schedule, you know, but I got pulled, I pulled in and I followed a car in there actually. And normally I have one of my friends help open with me because it's really hard for me to open the gate or whatever. So I thought it was him and I got, he got out of the car and I'm like, Oh, who is this guy? And I'm like, Oh, like, I'm sorry, sir. Like we opened around the first few times, like seven 30 or eight or something. He's like, no, 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 we came to see you. And I'm like, you beat me in the parking lot. It's like 6 a.m. Like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, we just came to see, see you and say congrats. Like, we're all so proud of you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, thank you so much. Like it means a lot. You know, it just caught me off guard and everyone was so excited to see me super supportive and it was a special feeling even now to this day. Like I came home, went out there on Sunday or yesterday and everyone was super excited to see me and see how I'm doing and catch up. Basically it's, it's been special. 
That does sound special. Well, you are a national champion, and uh, it's it's great that everyone wants to celebrate with you, and deservedly so. So when you finally did get the Robert Cox Trophy back, and for those that haven't seen the Robert Cox Trophy, which is awarded to the champion of the U.S. Women's Amateur, it is one of the most ornate, beautiful trophies, not only in golf, but in all of sport. When you finally got it in your possession, where'd you bring it? Where's one of the coolest places you have brought it, and where is it right now? So... <laughs> um. So I, I ended up the Columbia Country Club course that I was working at. They ended up wanting to do it like a meet and greet with me. Um, and they wanted to do it Friday. That was the last day I'd be at Columbia until I went to school. So I ended up asking the USGA if there was any way I could get it before Friday. And they ended up shipping it to me. So I got it that Friday. And I was able to bring it to the meet and greet, which everyone was so excited about. And um, so that was the first place it really went was Columbia Country Club and everyone saw it then and then I took it to school and the probably the most special place at school that it's been was on Kroger Field I got announced at the uh, the football game and got to share it with Big Blue Nation and that was just a special feeling the support from your school and then right now it's in my car Um, (laughs) I'm taking it to um, Bulls Bay this morning my I have a lesson today and they want to Bulls Bay um, down in Charleston or Mount Pleasant. They want to all see the trophy. So I'll be headed there shortly. Robert Cox trophy is buckled in and ready to travel <laughs> wherever you're going. That's great. <laughs> but Jensen, I mean, the, the Kentucky football game, I mean, big game too. You're playing against Florida, 60,000 fans. Uh, you mentioned that experience. Now, uh, be, be honest, were you more nervous coming down the stretch in the championship match or getting interviewed on the field with that trophy in front of 10, tens of thousands of UK fans. Yeah, that was extremely special. And it was really cool. <laughs> I don't know if it was just my adrenaline, but I ended up actually holding it up with one arm and <laughs> just flexing. It was crazy. Um, but like it's I a said, heavy trophy. Yeah, exactly. Like you can see my muscle, like the definition of my muscle when I did it. And then the next day I wake up and I got this like knot in my shoulder, my <laughs> neck. I'm like, what is this from, you know, thinking back the night before, but just, just like I said, like being able to share that with your school, you know, everyone that like my teammates that got me to where I am today and my coaches that, I mean, that's something you'll, I'll never forget and can't be taken away from me. Just the support that I received from big blue nation, Kentucky in general. Special. Yeah. A a very supportive community and a, a moment you will never forget. I'm sure. Uh, now, Jensen, the, the U.S. Women's Am, a huge win unto itself, as we've talked about, but it also comes with several other perks in addition to bring the trophy uh, onto Kroger Field. Uh, also some exemptions over the next year. What have the months following the victory been like, and what do you have to look forward to next spring and summer? So following a few months, I'd gotten exemptions into the uh, Founders Cup and LPGA event, which is really cool. And... Um, just a lot of meet and greets. A lot of people have been excited to see the trophy. And I, like I said, I had a speech um, this past weekend at another tournament and being able to share my story and how I've gotten to where I am today is really special, especially with the younger generation. And, you know, they have as much love for the game as I do, which is cool to see. And the following months, I'm really excited for an exemption to the U.S. Women's Open. Um, there's going to be a Curtis Cup. I got into the following Curtis Cup for this year, which, I mean, that's so special to represent the United States of America, Represent just to represent their colors, red, white, and blue. It's just something no one can ever take away from me, and that's so special. Um, so I got into that. 
uh, U.S. Women's Open, and then to Augusta's, uh, the amateur event, which I'm really excited for. And I'm just taking it day by day. It's just super grateful for everything that I've gotten with this win and super excited for the future. Safe to say the calendar is booked for Jensen Castle for the next year. You, you mentioned it, you know, you're exempt into two Curtis Cups, which is quite unique given that the Curtis Cup uh, in 2020 was uh, postponed to 2021 due to the pandemic. And you are the defending U.S. Women's Amateur Champion. So you get into the 2021 Curtis Cup, but because there won't be another U.S. Women's Amateur played before the 2022 Curtis Cup, you get into that one as well. When you went over to Conwy in Wales, what was that like being part of a team? Obviously, you're part of your college team, but a lot of the summer events, just like the U.S. Women's Amateur, are individual events. What was it like getting back into a team atmosphere with uh, the USA team over in Wales? Oh, that was so cool. Um, unlike our college teams, you know, we're with a ton of solid players and they vary from all over the world. So being on team with Rachel Heck from Tennessee, Rose Dang from California, and learning so much about ourselves and each other. So like one of the things, cool takeaways that I learned was obviously every grid player, they have their like special things that they do. And I always warm up putting first. That's the first thing I do. And I'll put for 20, 30 minutes and that's it. I was the only one from both teams, the Europeans and the USA team to putt first. So I'd put by myself for 20, 30 minutes before each round every morning. And just like learning things like that about myself and how others practice and how others play uh, with such great players was so cool to see. But the team environment, it was really cool because that was one of my first times that I've ever been able to play an alternate shot. So just learning how to do an alternate shot, especially with such a solid player like Brooke Matthews, was a really fun way to like learn how to play. And I'm so grateful that for that opportunity and I cannot wait for this coming, this coming Curtis Cup. Hey, Jess, I'm sure you learned a lot uh, over in Wales and had a, a really gritty uh, half point in, in your singles match, three down with four to play and able to get a half point, setting the tone for the day as you were the first one out uh, in that in that singles match. So uh, now we'll be a veteran uh, of the Curtis Cup playing in your second match at Marion Golf Club, uh, one of the, the storied venues uh, of the game. But Jensen, I want to take you from from on the course to off the course uh, we heard you're starting your own podcast this winter, partnering with Duke University junior Megan Ferney. Uh, two things you both have in common. You're both college golfers and you're both the USGA champions. It's Megan won the 2019 U.S. Women's Amateur Four Ball with partner Erica Shepard. We need all the details. So what's it going to be called? When's the first episode coming? What can people expect to hear when they tune into your podcast? Yeah, so Megan and I, I've had this idea for a while of um, – creating a podcast as a lot of, a lot of us, you know, we have so much insight on college golf and we've learned so much from tournaments, from other players, from each other. Um, so we want to shine a light on what the pot, what college golf is like inside the ropes. There's a ton of already a college golf podcasts that put emphasis on results and performance based. And it just shows like a lot of the tournaments and like, Recently, they've done a great job of showing how shining a light on tournaments better. Like the NCAA, there's you know there's TV coverage for that. There's TV coverage for blessings, the East Lake. So it's really cool that we're getting a lot of promotion that way. But we specifically just want to shine a light what it's like inside 
inside the college golf ropes and focusing our first series is going to be focusing on the, um, what it's like inside college golf, but like the little things like how goal, what kind of goals these teams have and these individuals specifically, what kind, what are their practices look like? And we not only want to shine a light on what it's like in college golf, like, but what goes into it for the individuals and some of the things that these individuals have, the knowledge is going to differ from each other. So like Annabelle Fuller, one of the girls that we plan on speaking with, she played in the British open, you know, like how was it playing in the British open? You played very solid and you made the cut. How is that? Like just focusing on things like that and then comparing the schools. So we're also going to ask a question such as what's your favorite thing about your school and why you went there. So that'll help the younger generation with the whole recruiting process and how it varied between individuals, as well as it'll help do a better job of promoting schools. So if someone asked, if we asked an Ole Miss golfer what's their favorite part of their school, you know, they could say the square. And then people are like, oh, I wonder what that is. And then here they are looking that up and possibly falling in love with that school and promoting that school in a different way other than just golf. So just focusing on things like that. Um, we've already done our first trailer. I, we actually did it Thursday and I thought I posted it, but I've been trying to figure out if I did it right. So I have to go back and look at the RSS feed and go see if it went through Apple podcasts. Like I thought it did, which I plan on doing today. And then tomorrow we plan on interviewing our first, um, collegiate athlete and hoping to have that right up after I figure out if I did it right or not. <laughs> and it's called T to green with Jensen Castle and Megan Burtney and, We've already got the graphics and everything done. It's just a matter of figuring out if I'm posting it right or not. And we're both super excited for this opportunity and just let others know what it's like inside the college golf ropes and all the knowledge that we are given and we learn. Well, it sounds like you have it figured out. And Mike, I don't know if you were taking notes, but it sounds like she has it figured out way more than we do with this podcast. So uh, I think we're in trouble. I, I really like how you're kind of diversifying the topics, not just focusing on results and trying to help the next generation. You talked about your speaking engagements you've had, and it just sounds like you're being an inspiration to the next generation, which is something we can all aspire to do. So one last question. I was on the Kentucky website looking at your bio, and the name Phil Mickelson keeps coming up. Dream foursome, Phil Mickelson. Favorite golfer, Phil Mickelson. What about Phil makes him your favorite? I think he's just a class act, genuine guy. Um, I love how he chips. Just like he has so many shots in the bag with his wedges. And overall, I just think he's, like I said, a class guy, fun guy to be around, laughs, you know, engages with the crowd. I've never heard a bad story about Phil. And then, you know, you look at this, his life story, you know, he used to be really solid growing up and then he didn't win for a couple of years. And then, you know, he fights through it, perseverance. And he ended up winning this past year at Kiowa. I mean, just overall, such a cool story. Family man, you know. I just don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything negative about Phil. And I've always aspired to be like that. All right. Well, Phil Mickelson, he knows he has an invitation uh, to come play with Jensen Castle. And Jensen, we thank you so much for joining us. We know how busy you are. We just heard about it. So thanks for carving (laughs) up a little time in that busy calendar to join us today. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you to everyone out there for joining us for our conversation with Jensen Castle. A big summer for her in 2021 and another big summer on the way in 2022. Some of the events you'll see Jensen in, the U.S. Women's Open, the Curtis Cup, and the U.S. Women's Amateur, all of which will be televised on the NBC Universal family of networks. They'll be here before you know it. So for our guest Jensen Castle and my co-host Mike Trosel, I'm Dave Giancola. We'll talk to you next time.